episode 362, Hawkeye, season one, episodes one and two, Never Meet Your Heroes, and Hide and Seek. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here with, finally, the gang. We're all three here. It's the Tracksuit Mafia. It's me. It's Agent (laughs) Stu over there. Yeah, it's me. (laughs) And Agent Samantha. What are you talking about? Hey, bro. (laughs) Come on, bro. Looking good in your tracksuit, bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Okay. okay, there's me in my really terrible Mafia New Yorker accent. Now, I'm not doing the accent. I'm just doing the bro, and I'm doing it the whole episode, bro. I'm uh, serious, bro. Uh, sure. You're going to have to edit it out, bro, if you don't like it, bro. If only you could see the look I am giving you right now. So if uh, if I stop saying bro in this episode, that means Samantha cut out every single bro that's coming. So. Yes. Can she do it, bro? I don't know, bro. No, oh because God, then you it. just sound the, like the bro is the se- is the period on the end of the sentence. Yeah, it's a period. It's a comma. It's a semicolon too. I think. Or I, it's you more know, of I can a dad, find not a, full a really colon. hilarious bit of somebody else saying bro and just you know paste it over where you say bro. Now that would be amazing. <laughs> Please don't do that. that. But this, it would be this, uh, <laughs> the editing job here that, that Samantha is going to have to do because she is editing this episode. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'll probably just stop saying bro. All right. Is that cool, bro? <laughs> Thanks, you good, bro? bro? Come on, bro. Bra. Sure, bro. bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if you've seen Hawkeye episode one and two, uh, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, we just spoiled some uh, character traits for you. But... Um, we are here to talk about the series that I honestly, I think I might've even been less excited about this than any other <laughs> Disney plus series. <laughs> I, I was um, excited about this series. I, I wasn't, I was not excited about it. Uh, I just figured, Hey, we've gotten a lot of Hawkeye, you know, um, really we've gotten a lot of Hawkeye. All right. <laughs> well, we have, I mean, if you think about it, he's been in a number of movies, right? It's the same thing as the Black Widow movie for me. I want to see new characters. I would love to see new characters. I want to see new okay, characters. Okay, that I'll give I, you. I get that people don't necessarily want to see new characters in favor of seeing more time with favorite characters. And and that's cool. And in this case, well, I'll just say it. <laughs> Patreon patrons know um, that I expect the worst and then I get pleasantly surprised. And so for this... Wasn't excited about it and ended up really, really enjoying myself. So, I mean, there's there's that. And it is interesting to think about how you have uh, two of the most recent MCU things have been giving these not quite background characters, but almost Black Widow gets her movie. Hawkeye gets his show. I'm not sure who got the best end of the deal there. I'm sure that Scarlett Johansson got paid more for her movie than Jeremy Renner got paid for a show. 
just because of the nature of how television versus movies works. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. But, um, but Hawkeye gets what? Six episodes, six mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's that you get a little more fleshed out. I wonder if, uh, Black Widow had been a six episode miniseries if I would have been a little more excited about it and, and enjoyed it more. I don't Maybe. know. I don't know. But I agree with you. I really was not um, excited for this series, but now that we're in it, I'm really excited about it. And I think it's because in the movies, we haven't really spent that much time with Hawkeye that much. At the same time, though, he also felt like the most grounded Avenger because he had a family and he he had some acrobatic skills and he also had the um, archery skills and that was it. Uh, I think in a duel, I think that uh, Natalie would have taken him out. But yeah, yeah. Well, sh- close up, yes. Yeah, close up, yes. Uh, long range, maybe. I I, I would give. I would give Black Widow a maybe for long range battle between her and, and Hawkeye, but close up for sure. Yeah. She would be, yeah. Yeah, but in many ways, she also felt sort of like the, um, she has similar skills to Batman, where Batman trained and did martial arts and, and such. Um, um, she didn't have the really cool gadgets and she wasn't rich, but uh, she was friends with Tony Stark and I'm sure he helped her out a lot. So, but I also felt like she had spent her entire life training, whereas he didn't start training until maybe high school, college, maybe he had a military career. I'm not very well versed in his background. Uh, so I I feel like in many ways he's much more grounded, more human. He He had these things away from the Avengers that were occupying his time and his energy and his priorities. Over, you know, fighting the big bad. And I think what this series allows us to do is look at how fighting Thanos and fighting the Battle of New York and fighting a big robot, Ultron, and then seeing, you know, everybody get snapped away. I mean, how these big events can influence the rest of his, um, you know... Uh, family time. Yeah. yeah. Now, and, and you don't get to see a lot of it on screen for the movies. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, here's one scene that shows you what's going on. But when you take all of those one scenes, you know, as far as like, this is an arc for him. This is what's happening here. This is, he's got a family. He's got this. He's now killing people because of the snap, you know, and all mm-hmm. the kind of stuff. There's a good arc going on. And yeah. This episode actually does, or these two episodes together do a good job of reminding us about all the different things that were going on for him. You know, he has the family, but he also had that career as Ronan where he was going around killing, uh, killing criminals, but killing people and in that very dark place. And he's lost his, his friend. And I think the one thing that I feel like is a very missed opportunity, the, the huge missed opportunity, I should say. Um, is that we didn't get a Black Widow Hawkeye team up? Yeah. Like the that the solo movie, maybe the solo movie shouldn't have been a solo movie, and maybe the solo series shouldn't be a solo series, but should have or could have been a duo. Yeah. You know. Uh, now, 
I don't know how it works with contracts. I don't know how it works with egos, but that relationship is the basis for a lot of stuff that happens in her movie that happens in his show that happens in, you know, Endgame. that happens, you know, that friendship is important. And, and I also really appreciate that it was always a friendship. Mm-hmm. I know before they revealed that he was married, it was a, a ship that <laughs> people were shipping it, but I, I appreciate that this, and, and his daughter even calls it when, when they're watching the musical, you lost your best friend, you know? Well, he still has his family. He has his kids. He has his wife, but he lost a really, really close friend. So, yeah. And the other thing that, that Clint Barton did too, for the Avengers was if, if this was a comedy duo, he would have been the straight man and everybody else would have been the funny guy because he was the one that was constantly remarking on, this is nuts. This is crazy. Oh man, I got to do this. Oh man, I got to run all the way downtown and, and they can all fly off, and I'm, I'm over here grumbling. I'm the old man grumbling, and <laughs> in many it, ways, I, he was the old old man who needed a hearing aid before he be, he needed the hearing aid. <laughs> but like you said before, he was also the most grounded. So when he yeah. tells Wanda, "When you walk out of this room, you will be an Avenger," yeah. like I don't know that Tony would have given him given her that same speech. Cap might have, but it would have been different. Right. Caps would have been different. Yeah. 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 And who else would have said something like that? I don't know. But he definitely had this air of you just got to do it. You just got to get it done. Steve Rogers would have given a rousing and inspiring speech that would have been like, hey, come on, we're going to do this. Let's do this. Hawkeye's speech is, look, we no matter who you are, we got to do what we got to do. And, right. and, and, and you can do it and you do mean something, you know, and, and look at me. <laughs> so if right. I can do this, you can do this. Look at me and <laughs> self-depreciating, but in a way that's, that's meant to be uh, inspiring in a different way. And, yeah. and I, and you can appreciate both, you know, Captain America gets the adrenaline going, gets you pumped up like, yeah. We can do this. And Hawkeye gets the adrenaline going because, hey, we got a job to do. And guess who's here to do it? It's you and me. And I got arrows. <laughs> so let's go. Yeah. And in some ways, that makes him maybe one of the more, I'd say, if you, if you could categorize, categorize the the braveness of the Avengers. I mean, he's he's going out there with not as much as some others. So... I mean, that's pretty brave to go up against, you know, Thanos, who has that gauntlet, and he just has the arrows. Yeah. So. Well, and, and he he brings it up uh, when he goes to do the LARPing. He says, I, yeah. I fought Thanos. I fought Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so. the moment that really got a huge belly laugh out of me. Hey, uh, if you are just joining us, though, and this is the first time you've listened to an episode of Welcome to Level 7, I do want to warn you that we are going to be spoiling these two episodes of Hawkeye, and we will also be spoiling pretty much everything, or we have the option to spoil pretty much everything that we have already talked about. And so if we do talk about Endgame stuff, or Black Widow things, or um, stuff from, I don't know, as far as Hawkeye goes, there's not a, a whole lot, but stuff from other Disney Plus things. Um, 
if we've talked about it on the show, basically, if you haven't seen it, you know, we, we, we might be talking about, it. so be, be aware. We don't go out of our way to spoil things. It's not like we're going to be like, Hey, guess what Rosebud is, but we are going to be just talking about in the natural progression of the, of the conversation about this episode of these first two episodes of Hawkeye, for sure. We're going to be talking about it in detail and, and things that will be spoilers for you if you have not seen it. So I just wanted to throw out that spoiler warning. Um, and again, if you're also f- just joining us for the first time, thank you. <laughs> Welcome. So we like to talk about the MCU. We like to talk about it a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the beginning of this episode. The beginning of this episode starts out in the Battle of New York. And as soon as I saw the date, I, I thought, okay, we are flashing back 2012. It's New York. <laughs> We're going to be seeing some Chitari. We're that gonna was see my exact same thought. I was like, huh, I wonder if they're going to, I kind of guessed what they were going to do. And then they didn't do it immediately. And I was like, well, okay. Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what I find interesting is, you know, the show is called Hawkeye. And so at first I'm thinking, why are we spending so much time with this girl? I knew that Kate Bishop was going to be a part of the show, but why are we here? Well, this is her origin story. These first, I don't know, five, six minutes or so, 10 minutes, maybe, I don't know, are the origin story of this character. She has a tragic death in her past. And I'm curious, is dad really dead? Mm, Yeah. I have questions I wrote down. You don't see a body. You don't see a body. And he looks. Hmm. He looks enough like other characters in this show, in this first episode and second episode, to where I'm like, they got to be related or something. <laughs> well, they both have mustaches, so yeah, and like that. and like big hair, right? But they also look very similar. I mom could has just a type. <laughs> mom, ha- it it could just be that mom has a type, right? But it could also be in the land of television and in. You know, the way we watch TV. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to call it now, but I, I kind of could. Well, okay. So you're saying that, um, yeah, he could still be alive. Mm-hmm. He could have been killed by mom. But mm. I think it also is very... It, it, Here's what I do know is that mom has a thing for people who look like Paul F. Tompkins. So maybe that's all it is. Maybe that's, I think all that's it what is. it is. I think she just has a type and that type is Paul F. Tompkins. So it, lucky Paul F. Tompkins is all I'm going to say, but yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> I, I'll <sighs> who I might add is not my favorite funny person in the world, but whenever Paul F. Tompkins comes on the scene i start laughing i think he's just hilarious he's He's done some riff tracks with yeah well and but he's done some riff tracks with uh the mr science theater guys some shorts and he's hilarious on that he's a voice on bojack horseman and yeah so anyway just wanted to get that Uh, out of the way we're in territory that my husband would know this guy better than i would (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's just his voice is just so every man 
and yet it's not like it's so unique to him and yet it's yeah but anyway he's been in a lot of stuff that i've seen and i did not know that yeah oh yeah he's he's in a lot of things that my husband likes to watch like uh lower decks american dad your husband Um, likes to watch lower decks He's seen a few episodes, and for some reason, I walked in the other day, and he was watching it, and I was like, you're watching this without me? Hmm. So, yeah. Well, he sounds like oh, well. a fine, upstanding gentleman. Anyway, so it's I think the guy... deal. <laughs> I think there's something connected between the dad and then the stepdad, is all I'm going to say. The death is... Suspect, suspect. It's sus, yes. as the kids say, it's right? Sus. You know, now that I'm so hip. Yeah. No, it it is. There is suspicion there because you don't see the body, and there they put a fine point on it. As mom is running out of the building and she's yelling, "Where's daddy? Where's daddy? Where's daddy?" Mom's not saying anything. So either it was so horrible that mom just doesn't want to say anything, or there was more to the story. I don't know. But where's daddy? Where's daddy? Mom's not saying anything. She's rushing out without stopping to look for daddy. I'm wondering, where's daddy? Where's daddy? But before that happens, we see Kate Bishop looking out the window, watching, watching Hawkeye deal with aliens. And I sent you guys the link. Someone, someone took that scene and ran it side by side with the scene from the Avengers and it plays out. It's timed perfectly. It's really neat to watch. <gasps> there's a multiverse. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's not even that. No, I mean, just, just... there's multi-cameras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that, but that's just a reference to the Loki episode and, and the WandaVision episode where they oh, the, supposedly the thunder. sync up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this but one's yes. a little different than that, but... But then we move into the credits and we see Kate Bishop training. We see her becoming an award-winning archer and martial artist. She's training to be a superhero. Yes. That's, I mean, that's all there is to it. I like how they hyphenated and, uh, you know, abbreviated everything that she's done just within the opening credits. Everything between the cold open and that first scene uh, after the credits. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about that is you have this happening at the in the opening credits, very stylized animation. It's purple. It's 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 just really cool, streamlined, simple. And you get to the end and they don't do anything really at the end of this episode. Beginning of the next episode, they just have a title screen come up. You can skip. You have the option to skip the the opening <laughs> Of of second episode, opening's two seconds of the Hawkeye word appearing on the screen. But then the f- end credits of episode two, you get back into the stylized animation, and it looks like something you would do and use in a in a well blockbuster Marvel film or superhero film, where they do that symbolic stylized thing at the end, and. I mean, these two episodes are basically act one of this series. And I heard people talking about how this is more like television than other Marvel television shows. And I'm just looking at this and thinking, 
no, this is going to be another six hour movie. Yeah. That's, right. that's what we're getting here. But and, the reason why it feels like more like television than other series is because, again, he's the grounded Avenger. He's a grounded character. He's he's the straight man in a comedy duo. Yeah, and I, I guess if you're if you're talking about how it's not okay, so WandaVision, fantasy, pure yes. fantasy. Uh, you know, Loki, sci-fi fantasy. Falcon and Winter Soldier, you felt like you were in an MCU movie. I feel like you're here, you're in another MCU movie with with Hawkeye here, but it is definitely not as big. It's not as explosive. It's not as expensive. I'm assuming. Um, yeah, the, I also felt like this is like if if you're going to compare it to other series, maybe like the Born Identity, but without the amnesia. <laughs> or without the drugs, if you're going to talk about the drugs. Runner. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, Born Identity. I that's my favorite of the of the Born movies. Uh, really? Yeah, it is. It is, and, and part of it I think is because I like it when people take risks, mm-hmm. and they took a huge risk making a Born movie without Born, and uh, it's it's good. I really enjoyed it. Well, and and Jeremy Renner is quite the action star i mean he's not a slouch he's not he's not you feel like i I feel like you always got people positioning him to be like the next this guy or that guy or whatever but he he's not he's not tom cruise Mm -mm. he's not matt damon or whatever he's jeremy renner and what's nice is for this show here for hawkeye you just see him settle right into it mm-hmm. and it's, it's perfect for him, you know, because it's, it's Hawkeye, it's him. He built this character in a lot of ways. And well, and I think he's kind of like a, a I think he's kind of like a comedian to begin with, right? He's not as serious as Tom Cruise and he's not as, um, I want to say showy as Matt Damon, maybe show is the wrong term, but Tom Cruise and Matt Damon carry themselves in a different way. Jeremy Renner sense, tends to make fun of himself, um, at least what I've seen and can remember, uh, along the lines of, of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And, oh, so and he, he's self-deprecating, but a little bit more serious. Yeah. No, self-deprecating, dry humor. Yeah. But he's an everyman. You know, yeah. like he's... And when I say every man, he's, he's just the normal guy and he's just not, and when I say the normal guy, he's not Steve Rogers. He's not Mm -hmm. so incredibly strong or so incredibly, uh, powerful or, or skilled. He's not a ninja, but he's close. He's close. Uh, if I remember, I can't remember the, the ranking, but one of the things in the Marvel role-playing game that I used to play in, in high school was there was a level where that you would reach. And it was like the peak human performance, you know, and that was basically your Batman kind of thing. And, and Hawkeye gets close, close to it. I mean, the things he's doing when he's in those great big giant battle scenes are, are not human. They, they are, they are above human for sure. But well, like him jumping off the building and falling, mm-hmm. I don't remember where he fell. I, I was almost going to go back and watch some of the Avengers 
today, but I didn't. Um, like it, it takes somebody special to jump off a building and fall and fall backwards while shooting an arrow. Or yeah, it takes someone who has confidence that they're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, so but he, then he, he, he swings into the window. window. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's so funny. I'm looking at his IMDb page. And as soon as you said that he, you know, falls off a roof and shoots an arrow, that pops up on his clip. <laughs> like, right there at the top. <laughs> so we well, have... I mean... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, we, have our, we have our primary protagonist crossing paths, although one of them doesn't know it with the beginning. And, and then we jump into the show is called Hawkeye, but we don't see anything with him until we get through the credits and then get through another scene where she breaks the bell tower or clock tower or whatever you want to call it. Uh, at this point, she's not impressing me. She's skilled, you know, but that's some really poor decision-making <laughs> taking that bet. Uh, I think you, but it sets up the character. As a yeah. father, not as a young woman to who's makes poor decisions. No, no, I, I, I think that I can objectively say this is poor decision making, not <laughs> as a father. Although I look at this as a father, and I'm thinking, oh, that'd be terrible if my if my daughter did that. But as having been a college student who did break some things, um, be out of mischief, not out of malice, <laughs> but. Uh, I, and it was poor decision-making. I mean, make no mistake. I was making some very poor decisions, but it was that kind of poor decision where it's, eh, I'm just doing a thing, you know, and she's not drunk, you know, she's not making poor decisions because she has impaired decision-making. She's making poor decisions because she's a poor decision-maker. Or she's is- just very young and, you know, her decision-making mechanism in her brain isn't fully developed yet. Well, like her mom says in the next scene, you know, or you're, you're rich and you're young and you think you're invincible. And that's, that is a really telling statement about her. Yeah. And I mean, you could apply that same thing to Tony too. And not anymore because well, he's kind of dead. But yeah. But wait, what? What mom was saying is, young people think they're invincible. Rich people think they're invincible. You're both. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so it's it's double up, and you know, it sets up the character. This this is her. She does some things. I would say, a lot of what she does in both of these episodes, are just not good decision making. We oh, would no. We might if if she. If she was thinking a little more clearly about what she's doing, we might not have a show. True. You know, so <laughs> she gets into true. she gets into trouble. She's constantly eavesdropping uh, and, and constantly poking her nose and, and going into places where she maybe shouldn't be. It, it, she's, you know, any any uh, it's Scooby Doo, you know, it's it's uh, yeah. Any Nancy any Drew show like that, yeah, Nancy Drew. It's Harriet the Spy, movies. you know. It's yeah. It, it's all these these things where they wouldn't get the good things done that need to be done if they were just doing what they were supposed to do, which is it's the Avengers. Well, it's I mean, the that's, untrained Avenger. <laughs> yeah, it's the untrained Avenger. But at the same time, this is what in this universe 
we have a bunch of heroes who uh, make some very questionable uh, decisions. Even Steve Rogers, really. Even Steve Rogers. He's lying. He's trying to get into something that really is for his own good that he should not be in in the army. But he's trying to lie his way through and lie his mm-hmm. way in. Um, and think about Thor as well. Ah, uh, yes. It's it's all of Thor's poor decision making that causes him to get cast out of Asgard. Yep. All so, those decisions that he didn't make in that party Thor episode of What If? We haven't talked about that yet. Yes, we have. Well, it, yeah, oh. that's the episode that that just came out. Oh, okay. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, so you haven't talked about it yet, but yes, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, even Tony's. Wanting to make a world, make a, a suit of armor around the shield, around the world, a suit of armor around the world created Ultron. Yes, it also created Vision, but it created Ultron. So what she's doing on a smaller scale is what our heroes have been doing for 10 years. Yep. The difference is she doesn't have the training, although she does have training, you know, but the, she's in out of her depth, you know, she, I, she I needs a mentor. I won't deny that she's out of her depth and she does need a mentor. And that's why the show's called Hawkeye, not Kate Bishop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. For the next episode, I actually have um, a couple of notes about how he's becoming her mentor, but we haven't got there yet. So, Okay, so let's move to Hawkeye himself then. We have Steve Rogers, the musical. Uh, Exclamation point. Uh, I don't like... I'm not a big fan of musicals. It's a rare musical that I actually like. I love me some musicals. This is hard to watch. (laughs) I could not do this all day. If I had to watch that show, I'd probably leave halfway through, too. You know what it is? It's because we've seen the pain and the trauma that followed, that that began with and followed the Battle of New York. And we cried with the Avengers when sad things mm-hmm. would happen. And now it's been rolled up into a nice package and they're singing about it. And there are exclamation points where there doesn't need to be exclamation points. And... It's lightening the mood, and and it's does no longer carries the weight that that has fans like us devoted to the entire universe. Well, you can also tell that that Hawkeye himself, Clint Barton himself, is like, "What the heck is going on here, guys?" And then turning I, off he, his his hearing aid. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, the idea that, that he's like, I, I was there. I know what happened. That guy wasn't there. Like, come on. We're going to add a character? I realize that's kind of the point. But. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to see Rogers the musical. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I think I read something. I can't remember who it was that I read. They were talking about this and they were saying. Yeah, uh, we didn't write this for people to say, I want to see that musical or whatever. And yeah. I, 
I don't want to see it either. It doesn't feel like a Broadway show. Um, but I would point to Spider-Man turn off the dark oh, as yeah. something <laughs> along those lines where, yeah. and, and if this was not Broadway, if it was off, off Broadway, or if it was, you know, South Bend civic theater or something like that, um, it looked great. Uh, high school musical put together like that, <laughs> where they're like using the stylized street clothes, you know, mm-hmm. to be cool and look cool, but also, you know, look like these, you know, stylized Avengers. Uh, I think that there's, it would be cool. What I was finding myself thinking about was they, the actual filming of the episode, the actual filming of that bit, right? So they filled an entire theater. (laughs) They had a production happen on the stage of that theater just to have Jeremy Renner walk out in disgust. (laughs) Well, he walks out not just because of the musical. He also walks out because he looks over and there's a little girl dressed up like Black Widow. I get that. Yeah. But he's still yeah, there's the, the the actress on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, and he's watching someone who's who's bringing back memories of his best friend. Yeah. And you got to so go to the bathroom gotta, and see someone sharpied on the urinal Thanos was right. And then the guy asking him for an autograph as he's at the urinal. The selfie, yeah. No, not even asking. That's the thing. He didn't ask. He goes, "You know what would be cool, man?" A selfie. That's yeah, a selfie ask. might be cool, but you know what else? You didn't ask for it. You didn't ask, and you're and you're demanding it at the urinal, in the bathroom, just. Which sparked up a conversation with my kids. So my son decides <laughs> I need to tell my sisters that's not what you do. You don't go up to the next urinal right next to a guy. And my, my daughter's like, yeah, I mean, that only makes sense. You also don't go in the next stall next to someone. And my son was like, Oh no, we don't care about that. You can be in the next stall. You just don't use the next urinal. Well, the thing, the difference between the stalls and the urinals is that you, the stall, you should have a divider where you don't see each other, except maybe the feet. <laughs> yeah. Cause who are you going to ask if you run out of paper, you know, who are you going to ask if they can spare a square? If you're not right next to them. That's true. I mean, nobody that's happened to me. You, you, can you spare a square? Yeah, what, wasn't a that, square? wasn't sure. that, uh, Elaine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Seinfeld. Everything comes back to Seinfeld. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, so that guy was he- bad. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are catching Hawkeye in I think a good time in his life. Yeah. The, the, a lot of the pain going through the five years alone, doing the Ronin thing that's there, that's in his history. It's, and it's, and it's right there under the surface, but he has his kids. He has his wife. He has a pretty good thing going on right now. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's nice, you know, while it's going to get disrupted, it's it's going to get disrupted, but uh, and and he doesn't want it to be. He, he he would rather not have to deal with all the stuff that's going on for this episode, and he would rather not have the memories coming back to him. He just wants to have Christmas with his family. You know, this is yeah. December nineteenth. It's six days to Christmas. 
And the two older kids are the same kids that we met in... It wasn't the first Avenger movie. It was the... Um, which... Well, the they first were in time we get to his house, it's the same yeah. two kids that are in this series and have been playing the same role from the beginning. Uh, the younger kid, because that character was not even born yet during that scene. Uh, He's the is, same kid, though. Like, all three of them have been in Avengers movies. Yeah. yeah. Were, okay, they in, so. were they in Endgame? Yeah. They were all three in Endgame. Was. Because isn't she... Yeah, she's one uh, of the Russo's Russo? yeah. daughters. Yeah, hold on, because the uh, the younger kid. Because what typically happens with kids in casting is frequently uh, you have the same role, but you have different kids put into those roles for the next project. Yeah, well, and, and Scott Lang's daughter has been recast. Yeah, and and there's been some other kid characters, but. It, for these ones, it's it's the same ones who were in Endgame and Infinity War. Well, the difference between Scott Lang's daughter and this is because Scott Lang had a five year jump, and his daughter stayed during the snap. His kid, uh, and Clint's kids were snapped. So Here's the age. problem with that, though, is that Clint's kids didn't have five years to age, but they look like they've had five years to age. <laughs> like these kids, the oldest well, son is taller than Jeremy Renner. And <laughs> so we're watching this. And again, my kids were kind of having fun with it, but they're like, yeah, okay, dad, I'm a, all right. I'm, hey dad, you're smaller than, yeah. And just talking about how like that kid does not look like a, uh, he's a kid, you know, and he still does. He has a youthful charm to him, but they have not aged appropriately. If they were going to recast them, they were going to recast them because these kids were too old looking because they had five years where they didn't age. Yeah. But instead, they they kept them. You know what? I'm actually okay with that. I mean, because I, I don't necessarily like it when they recast the kid and the kid suddenly looks very different or they recast a character and, you know. They have a different haircut and the shape face is shaped differently and they approach the role differently, but yet it's still the same universe. It's it, it just kind of throws me for a loop. You mean like Rhodey? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, in that case, I'm I'm glad that they recast the character because. Um, I I oh, again, you say that, yeah. but the thing is, these kids look different. Mm-hmm. Like they could have been recast, and we wouldn't know it because they look so different from. From when they were on before. But I think you could have recast the boys. You could not yeah. recast her. Yeah, that's true, because Ava Russo looks like her dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She looks like she she is amongst the Russo clan, so let's see, yeah. She plays Lila Barton. And they got they brought back Linda Cardellini. Yes. As the wife, as the mom, and I thought that Special was Special appearance by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. which tells episodes. me she was available for about two days, and so they just filmed her on in the house set, and that was it, because that's all they could get from her. Which is why she's not in New York. Yeah, yeah. which is interesting, but Dad is just taking the kids to New York for, uh, you know, a little near, yeah. near Christmas time. And hey, Ben, would you ever take your kids to New York, just you and them? Uh, no. No, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> now, yeah, neither would I. 
partially thinking through like when my kids were these ages. No. Um, (laughs) Now, now with them being older though. No, no, probably not. Uh, I mean, really, I actually, I probably, if I, if I were to take my four older kids, it wouldn't be a problem. They're all, you know, upper teens. Um, And then throw our youngest in the mix. He's 11 now. I think we can make it because I've got these older teens who can help me. And, and and that's the same thing here with, with Hawkeye is he's got his two older kids. So the three of them can, can cover for with the younger kid and, and it'll work out. But what I'm curious about is I don't remember seeing, and I've seen this twice now. I don't remember seeing them explain anything about why didn't, why didn't mom come with them? And at first it feels like it's a, it's a divorce situation. Dad has the kids. So he's taking them to New York for vacation and there's mom, but it's not like he's talking to her and it is, they still have that intimacy. They still have that shorthand of language and they still have the marriage. You know, it's in the first episode when, when they call, when she calls and they're at the Chinese restaurant, the only line is you you needed to spend some alone time with the kids. That was it. Hmm. Okay. On the other hand, she could have she could have a business meeting or some sort of me- meeting or <laughs> something's going on. That's at the farm. all I wanted. I yeah. <laughs> all I wanted was them to say, "Man, I wish you didn't have to be at that meeting and you could be here or something well, like that." Me- That's what I wanted, but it's a super secret meeting. Because you know she's actually part of Shield or Sword now, or yeah, yeah. So she's it's the head r- of the Avengers Wives support team, or whatever it is. So it's just her and, and <laughs> it's and, her. She's it's the her. one. <laughs> it's it's not a great team because it's just one person, but they don't have very much conflict with, with you know interpersonal <laughs> conflict. So it that works out. No, I. Here's what I appreciate about all this, though, is as they're talking, you know, she's talking about the wardrobe issue. You know, she's talking about uh, he says, I'm, I'm going to do a, a catch and release. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Nat's favorite move, you know. And so even though she's not on the scene with them yet, and she does have the one scene at the end here with the, where the kids are in the room. But the the back and forth the, the the conversation, the relationship, you feel it, you feel it. And, and especially since we were prepared for it, because it wasn't the situation like when they show up at his house and you're like, what, what in the movies, but it, it's nice. I like it a lot. I like the dynamic that they have going and, and they have on screen chemistry without being on screen together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh- and you don't get this without them showing up in Ultron going, oh, okay. <laughs> like the only reason this works and the it works so well is because we got that scene in Ultron. Yeah. yeah and, and, and that's an interesting thing about the MCU is we have this show here that I think someone who's not seen it, anything with Hawkeye. I think that they could pick this up and and be able to just figure out what's going on, you know, Mm -hmm. but to have these long term, for lack of a better term, character relationships, character uh, 
viewer relationship. We know them and it makes things meaningful in a different way. And it's very, this franchise, you, you, you don't get this kind of thing often. You get it in Star Trek a little bit. Um, a little bit. Well, you know, Discovery brings Spock on and you can accept that there's a new actor because you already know who Spock is. You yeah, know, and if okay. that if that actor was brought in playing, it's it's there is what I'm saying. You you don't get it in a lot of your movies that are starting now because they want to start this franchise thing, but mm-hmm. they want to they want to do Avengers first, you know, and that's that's a big part of why the DC movies faltered is they were trying to recreate the success of the MCU without the work. work yeah, yeah. Now we still got some good movies out of it. And there were some great performances that we got out of it, but not, we don't have the long term. I know this actor I've been, I spent time with this actor and I want to spend more time with them. Mm -hmm. It's, I know the character I'm going to give this person a shot. (laughs) It's kind of what you're looking at. Which is perhaps why, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited about the Flash movie because Michael Keaton's coming back. Yeah. That's the main reason why I want to see that movie. If he was not in it, I I don't know if I, w- if I would see it in the theater. I don't even know if I am going to see it in the theater, but I wouldn't yeah, be I, so eager to see it. I will be, but I part of it is it's based on Flashpoint, which is now that was a, good. a fantastic comic series. Yeah. And they also did an animated movie of it, which the animated movie takes that comic series and distills it into, I don't know, 90, 100 minutes. Yeah. But the comic series is wonderful. It's a what if, basically, where Dr. Zoom goes back in time and stops Flash's origin story, and it changes so much in that world. Uh, Clark Kent, when he crashes to Earth, gets taken and by scientists and they're studying him underground. So he doesn't have the sun to charge him up so he can have all his powers. Batman doesn't become Batman. Someone else becomes Batman. And that's really fascinating when you find out who Joker is Aquaman and wonder woman go to war with each other. Themyscira and Atlantis go to war. And it, it's just some really, really mm. big storytelling ideas in multiple different uh, story arcs and stuff like that. It's, it's cool. It's really neat. And that's what this movie is going to kind of be based on. Uh, but I think in the same way that like civil war is based on civil war from the comics, which means not much. <laughs> hey, there was a little bit. There was, there was some, there was the big fight. There was a fight all... between captain America and iron man. That was a philosophical battle mm-hmm. that becomes physical. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's cool. And you know what's interesting is that philosophical battle sort of ex- extended all the way through Endgame in some ways. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so that's where you you have a, a series of movies that basically is a series like a television series. You're building the characters, you're letting them have these arcs. They're growing, they're changing, and it's huge budget. So that also yeah. changes yeah. dynamics. Um, but then we got this. We have this small TV thing. That's not even really international James Bond kind of thing because we're following a 22 year old college student who is just becoming a superhero. 
you know, and is, is in the beginning. This is her origin story. So we saw what caused her to want to be a superhero. We caused, we saw her train to be this superhero. And now we see her putting on a costume for the first time. We see her meeting her hero, the person who saved her life and also did a lot of other heroic things that she was able to witness. And we see her, you know, although there's the murder of, of um, her mom's fiance's uh, Paul F. Tompkins um, <laughs> uncle. <Simon Callow. laughs> yeah. Um, Paul F. Tompkins uh, uncle gets murdered. And suddenly I'm like, are we in only murders in the building? Like this, <laughs> the vibe of that whole thing where she's like breaking into the, the mansion and she's sneaking around looking for clues. She sees the, That's you know, the, the caramels. <laughs> it totally gives me a only murders in the, or only murders in the building vibe. Not only Except murderers that, in the building. That's Tina Fey's podcast within the show. But is that that uh, Steve Martin? Yes. Yeah. Steve Martin, his... Martin Short, and right. Selena Gomez, and it's delightful. Is it? Okay. It is delightful. Yes. And if you've listened to any true crime podcast, even more delightful. But even if you haven't, like my wife did not watch or listen to true crime podcasts, but she loved the show. It was a lot of fun. A lot of language. A lot of language. Um, yeah. I had a buddy who just was like, I, I didn't want to watch it anymore because there's just so much language. But yeah. Yeah, that was me with the morning show. So anyway, back to this, though. How do we have our meet cute? for uh kate bishop and hawkeye what you wrote down meet cute as well (laughs) yeah yeah no it's totally so she goes to a party and this is where it turns into batman you know or any number of superhero things but you know batman especially where oh there's uh (laughs) adam west batman is what i'm talking about oh there's a gala well, uh, there's oh, there's going to be an egg-shaped jewel. Well, we better watch out for Vincent Price because we're gonna, and and that's totally what happens. She goes to that. She's eavesdropping. She overhears things she shouldn't overhear, which causes her to want to investigate. So she's sneaking into places she's not supposed to be, which causes her to see crimes being committed, like selling a triceratops skull, um, and also Ronan's sword that was used to kill bad guys, kill criminals. People are still holding a grudge against Ronan for what he did during the blip time. And the bad guys come, they blow a hole in the wall. They're not looking for the Ronan suit. They're looking for a watch, which I, I'm curious what the deal is with the watch. Why do they want the watch? I'm, there might be people who've already that watch. Well, I, we I don't s- know. There might be people who do know, but I'm not one of them. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. Um, well, I'm going to say this. If we don't know, then it's not as easily read, as easily understandable. We're, we're one step above the layperson. So somebody might know, but we don't know. So therefore, don't no. feel bad if you don't know. You don't need to know at this point. I have a feeling right. it is important. I do think it's going to be important. Why yeah. do these bros want to get the, the watch? We'll find out. But what's important about the scene is, aside from setting up Chekhov's watch, this is where Paul F. Tompkins steals 
the sword that's up for auction for half a million dollars. And Kate Bishop steals the Ronin outfit, puts it on, fights bad guys. So now bad guys think Ronin is back. And this is where the Hawkeye sees this. And this is where as much as I want to get out, they keep pulling me back in. He cannot do this all day is really what he's trying to say to people. Nor should he. Like he, yeah, that's kind earned of, rest. He's earned his rest. You know, Steve says I can do this all day, but he really needs to put up some self care boundaries there because yeah. doing something all day is not healthy. It's situational. Isn't that it's what, situational? What Natalie was trying to get him to do in Winter Soldier in the beginning. She was go trying to date? get him to go on dates and yeah. such. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if that was for his for his health. I mean, it probably was, but I'm sure she liked playing matchmaker more than she wanted him to go on dates. I I also yeah I think she also enjoyed teasing him, right? More than she wanted him to go on actual dates because I think she enjoyed herself as she was telling him that, and she was enjoying the reactions he was giving as she was telling him to do that. Yes, which also also brings up the other thing about did she did she know that the uh, so called nurse that lives down the hall from him is actually a shield agent? Because remember, mm. uh, she she actually turns out to be Sharon Steve's, Carter. Uh, uh, yeah, Sharon Carter, Peggy's niece, which means retroactively she's also Steve's niece, which makes it a little weird. <laughs> Well, not in that timeline. Yeah. Next episode. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. So this is where the tracksuit mafia is after her now. They were after the watch. They saw her. She rescues the dog. We haven't talked about Pizza Dog yet. Pizza Dog is my favorite Pizza dog. dog. He's your favorite dog? Well, I mean, I have lots of it. All dogs. Are my favorite dog. But Pizza Dog is my newest favoritist dog. Right behind Noodle the Pug. Okay. So tell us. I don't know who Noodle the Pug is. Uh, Well, Pizza Dog is actually. I haven't read this comic series. Have you read the the Hawkeye comic series, Stuart? No. Okay. Well, apparently the dog is a big part of that series. And I do plan to read it. I do have the Marvel Unlimited again for a period here. And so I want to read that series part of the reason why I got Marvel unlimited was so I could pick up things and read along and not have to like seek out the back issues and that kind of thing. Cause I don't live as close to the comic shop anymore. And, but apparently pizza dog, I don't know what he's called in the Hawkeye series, but the dog is an important part. I think that's what I heard. We'll find out maybe next episode. We can talk more about that, but I want to throw, I did, I did Google pizza dog. Okay. And Wait, wait, wait. Um, Before you say that, I want to put my my theory about Pizza Dog, because I don't want it to be colored by what you're about to say, okay? I believe there's more to Pizza Dog than meets the eye. Specifically, <laughs> I, I'm going to take credit for that, even though I didn't mean it, but um, I'm going to totally take credit for it. No, I think Pizza Dog might be a scrawl or something, because that dog... There's more going on there 
it shows up in the right place at the right time and does things. I mean, the MCU has a certain level of realism and having a lassie in the MCU doesn't fit the level of realism that I've come to expect where the dog is just able to do things and think things and understand things. Maybe I think it's an alien or it's an enhanced thing. There's something more to this dog. It's not just a dog. Or you're just not that used to dealing with golden retrievers. <laughs> Maybe it's Cosmo. No. No, it's not Cosmo. Um, in the comics, well, this is Arrow, who is Clint's dog that he gives to Kate later. And or I believe there's even what... a whole issue that's like from the perspective of the dog. I would in, love to in that Hawkeye movie. series. And in this Hawkeye series that I'm talking about, the covers are fantastic. They are very eye-catching, and they have a stylized thing to them that's very similar to the animation that you get at the beginning of the first episode and end of the second episode. And you get all that that, that purple stuff going on there, and it's, it's it just looks great, but I haven't read any of them. I'm not even sure what the interior artwork looks like. I just know that those front covers look wonderful so i'm hoping that they're going to be good i'm assuming that they will but now the eeyore in me says well now i'm going to get let down <laughs> because i went in positively optimistically it's okay ben you can you can embrace that side of life it's okay <laughs> to do that when it's about a dog i yeah. look and maybe i don't give the dog enough credit but that dog is doing things that it wasn't trained to do you know it's it's helping them in ways that that a dog i i just don't i don't i don't get it. i don't i don't what see was it the i don't disagree name? with you actually <laughs> i do not disagree with you in in captain marvel what was the cat's name grudge no that's star trek <laughs> yeah i i don't remember the cat's name um, Captain Marvel. I think it was in the comic it was named Chewbacca or something like that. I want that cat sure. to meet this dog. That would be fun. So bad decision number whatever. She's running <laughs> from the tracksuit mafia because they're coming after her because they think she's Ronin because she's wearing the Ronin suit. She helps the dog. That's great. But when they're running after her, they're chasing her down. They find her. She runs and hides in a car and traps herself. <laughs> and, and But that's the meat cute because as they're trying to get into the car, Hawkeye helps her. And they run off together and he yells at her. And then they Are go to her house. Meet cute? Yes. M e e t space c u t e. Yeah, it's it's a romantic comedy phrase. It's it's a yeah. label for how it's a trope. How people meet for the first time, and it has to happen hmm. in a in a cute way. Hey Stuart, there's yeah? a movie that explains that entire concept. It's on Hulu right now. It's called The Holiday. And oh, is that just, Jack Black? Yeah. That's Jack Black being in a rom-com. All right. And there's like a whole, there's a whole character that they put in there to explain the meat cute. Because he's, he's an old school Hollywood writer. Okay. Yeah. I'm just 
don't count on me to watch that. I won't. (laughs) It's not, that's not MCU. I know that. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, Well, the other trope that, 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 that happens is our hero, the person we've been following is in dire straits and she needs the help of the old wizened hero to to get her out of the situation, right? Right, because she's, she's in over her head. She's, she's in, in over her, her head. head. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't mean daddy in a weird way. I mean, like, she needs a father figure. <laughs> Who's not Paul F. Tompkins? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be clear, nobody is Paul F. Tompkins in this show. It's, except for Paul F. Tompkins. Except he's totally Paul F. Tompkins. I'm sorry. I just... I can't not see it every time he shows up on the screen. I'm like, right. Paul F. Tompkins. Why does Paul F. Tompkins love swords so much? He wants the sword so much. He And did he kill the guy? Did he kill his uncle? Well, his uncle was killed with a sword. And I do love the way that Kate <laughs> confronts her mom about that. How many people do you think die a year in New York with a sword? Zero. I'm going to guess zero. And then as soon as she said that, my son turned around and looked at me and said, I'm going to guess it's probably more than that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Your son sounds like he talks a lot through the shows. No, I'm just bringing up the highlights for sure. But um, I, I do think in the MCU, more people on average are going to die by sword (laughs) than in the real world. I'm just, do you think there's like some low level, not heroes walking around with swords trying to be here. Yeah, they're all LARPing. Never no, mind. No, the, <laughs> Kate Bishop. The, she, you, right? you have one. She's right here. She's right here. Right. Oh, okay. Well, so people who don't have TV shows. <laughs> here. Okay. The whole thing, though, where she goes to her apartment, which is a sweet apartment, by the way. Speaking of my son, he thought it was awesome. So did my daughter. They okay. So I guess maybe they were talking a lot during this, but um, <laughs> but they love the apartment. The apartment gets burned down. Like this is one of those things where this apartment would be like a sitcom could film an entire season and never leave that apartment, or it could become the base. Like a movie might use that apartment for their base or whatever. But this show burns it down second episode because the tracksuit mafia track them down to the apartment, bro. And this is when we saw this in the trailers. They're throwing the Molotov cocktails through the through the window. Hawkeye catches one, throws it back, but there's a it's it's burning. And Hawkeye is able to jump off of a skyscraper backwards in an alien invasion and swing through a window and then take the stairs down to the main level and join his team in a really powerful iconic camera sweep but he can't jump through the flames and grab the suit as they're running away like this is so out of character to be there's a lot of there's a lot of time and action that happened between now and then he's lost his hearing i'm pretty sure his knees are have some damage too i'm just saying he could run through the flames, get the suit. If it's that important, he runs away, leaves it there and says, he'll come back for it. This is one of those moments where I'm just, that took me out, man. Come on. You you know, I'm telling you, I mean, 
I, I have been told of situations where 28-year-old guys who are with the 82nd Airborne Unit have had to have knee replacements because they've jumped out of planes that many times. I'm pretty sure that part of the reason why he didn't jump through that fire is because he has damage on his body that he cannot... Where he cannot do things the way he could, Samantha. what, 13 Sam- years ago? Samantha, in this episode, he did things that were bigger and and, and more than that. He also I, like has he, a hearing aid now. I I, I, I get I, what you're saying. You're not wrong in what you're saying. Yeah. I, I'm just saying in these two episodes, he showed off physical prowess that took more than what I'm saying about running through the flames to get the suit that's so important. Ah, uh, okay. I think... He, I, I personally think the Ben, you're correct. Is that the reason they they had him do that was so that he could also then fight in the LARP? Like they came up with an idea as like let's have him fight in the LARP. Okay, that's really funny. How do we get him there? Well, let's. He can't run through the fire. Oh, I, and let's not also not forget that he doesn't trust Kate at all at this point. And that's she, another. She'd run in for something else. Yeah. That's another reason, but I think the ultimate goal was not a story reason, more as a let's have him fight in a LARP. <laughs> and it's true, the scene is wonderful. Yeah. The LARP yeah. Scene, and it also keeps him with her a little go. bit longer. And because yeah, right. this LARP. is this is setting up the whole okay, this is setting up him being in I'll be home for Christmas. You know, this is no, is he in that with leave. Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah, no, that's totally what I'm referencing right now. <laughs> he is taking on the Jonathan Taylor Thomas role in I'll Be Home for Christmas. He's No, let's be honest. This is a buddy movie now. So it's both of them trying to get home to separate it's... homes. What, no references to planes, trains, and automobiles? Well, I was going to go to Midnight Run. That's where you're going to go. I was going to go to Midnight Run. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Home Alone, too. Well... Yeah. And Home Alone too. <laughs> and Home Alone. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Speaking of talking through movies, I think our new Christmas tradition for my family is going to be counting how many times the wet bandits should have died. <laughs> and in Home Alone 2, it is 18 times. There are 18 <laughs> deaths that we counted. We did not start keeping track in the first movie. We will next year when we watch it, I'm sure. But that's fantastic. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, it's this is the the thing. It's it's the Odyssey as well. You know, if you take it to the broad strokes <laughs> of just yeah. the hero trying to get home, you know, it, from from the war or whatever, uh that's what we're stepping into is he has we're, they're just making reasons for him to not be able to go home. Because he has to, you know, we have to have the story. And the stakes are high because they're personal stakes for him. He wants to be home for Christmas with his family. This is what he's earned. This is what he's earned. So, You know, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Because, yeah, he's earned it. You know, he's used to fighting big purple space monsters who can decimate half of existence with a snap of his fingers. And now he's got to fight some LARPers and the tracksuit mafia. 
But what the tracksuit mafia is the tracksuit mafia is a genuine threat. When he talks about that with her, he doesn't. I mean, he thinks he's gonna be able to take care of it, no problem. But she's like, "Oh, them, you know." And like, th- I think that's that's legit. It's it's a mafia that he he battled during the blip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not denying that. What I guess what I'm saying is, what's the what's the end game for this show? I I, I mean. I don't think we've been introduced to the big bad yet. I don't think we've been introduced to, aside from the clock, you know, what's the MacGuffin that's going to keep this show moving through, what is it, 10 episodes? Eight episodes? What, the, you're forgetting the fiancé. He's quite questionable. Paul F. Tompkins? Yeah, he's the yeah. dad, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and why well, didn't the... And why doesn't the mom know that it's the same guy? It's not the same guy. It's not the dad. She killed the dad. Oh, that's okay. But it's the same guy's brother is really what. <laughs> it's her brother-in-law. I, I'm I, I'm this close to looking the two actors up to see if they're real. And I haven't because I'm they trying to real. keep my, They are my, real. And and actually, Paul F. Tompkins, the second, <laughs> is a Marvel villain. There is a Marvel villain called the Swordman, Swordsman, who has swords. He actually became an Avenger for a while. He had, he is tied into Hawkeye's history in the comics, and uh, the scene where he's fighting her and she's saying, "Don't stop holding back. You're lying. You know, stop holding back." And she attacks him without him being ready, but he's totally ready because he is actually a skilled, skilled swordsman. Yeah, so, I got all that. He's uh, the actor's name is Tony Dalton, and he plays Jack. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. D u q u e s n e. Yeah, and in the comics, he's not Jack; he's Jacques. 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 Oh, that's right. He had an accent. No, it's so actually it can... spelled. It's it's J a c q u e s. Ah, okay. Jacques. Tony Dalton. What else is he? Duquesne. Duquesne, there you go. My French, not so good. Played by a Mexican-American actor. Okay. Hey, if we can have an Englishman play a Frenchman, we can have anything. (laughs) Oh, he's in Better Call Saul, too. Uh, He plays a character named Lalo Salamanca. Wait, that wasn't Paul F. Tompkins in Better Call Saul? What? Okay. Um... I feel like we're going to get uh, hate reviews like when I yeah. said low rent TV too many times in a row on, on one of our episodes. So, yeah. At least I stopped saying bro for this episode, right? If kind you of. really want to, I will force my husband to listen to this episode and he can do the write in for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you two can run off into the sunset together talking about. Uh, lower decks and American Dad and whatever you want. <laughs> ben doesn't like lower decks. I don't not like it. I don't like it as canon. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So we have our story moving on, <laughs> and <laughs> they go and they find out about the death of the, the uncle. Okay. So what's going on with that? I don't know, but she knows a little bit more because he died by sword. Um, 
but he has to get the costume now. So he, he goes to get the costume. He puts on a fireman suit, goes into the building. It's gone. And that's when he looks up the LARPer and finds the LARPer has his suit and he has to go and get it. And I, uh, I, I I love this scene. I love it. I think it's hilarious. I'm really like, guys, this didn't need to happen like this. I think it did. But here's why I like what's going on here. It is funny. That's that's one reason. This whole these whole two episodes have been about his fame too. people Mm -hmm. recognizing him, knowing him, asking for the selfie at the urinal giving him a free meal at the Chinese restaurant, um, recognizing him on the street. He goes to the LARPer thing and, and the lady who's doing the registration says, I know who you are, but we have to do this anyway. And, and then he goes to the guy and he's like, look, and and I love the way he does it. He's like, look, I, we can do the fake fight and I'll beat you and you'll give me the costume or I will punch you or I will real punch you and it will hurt real bad or whatever it is, you know? And then the guy's like, no, just let me win. Just let me win so I can be a hero. This is this is the only way I can be a hero. And He's a firefighter. Yeah, but he's not a superhero, <laughs> right? And, he's a firefighter. He wants to be a superhero. He wants to <sighs> defeat a superhero. And, and so he does. I think that really cheapens the role of firefighters in the real world, though. Because they do take some major risks, and even those risks ca- can potentially cause risks later on in their lives. So that's yeah, but yeah, I have a he's a larper. That, but... So at that point, he really he lives I in mean, a fantasy world. Yeah, I know Nothing lots of people who live in a fantasy world. I play D anD D now. I have known a lot of larpers in my life. I mean, I, no I one's denying that the they that that what you're saying is that he's cheapening it. What I'm saying is, I think it's a realistic thing. Mm. I I just I wouldn't, yeah, I just wouldn't do that to somebody who I knew to be a real hero. Is I want to be a hero? Can I be, defeat you so I can feel like a hero for about two seconds? No. He's going to have people cheering for him, though. You talk about and him being a hero for, as a as a firefighter, and and you're you're right. As a firefighter, he is a hero, but who's cheering for him? And preventing sound effects. You know, he goes on the battlefield here in the LARP, and he has people in a circle cheering his name, and he beats Hawkeye in front of this crowd of people who are screaming and yelling for him. And so I'm not saying necessarily that he should be feeling this way, but I totally understand why he's feeling this way, why he feels like he's not a hero. And I think you can take it beyond firefighters. You have so many people in life who are a hero to someone who are someone looks up to them, but they don't know it because there are so many people in, in the world that just don't get the appreciation that they deserve. And I'd say policemen and firefighters are definitely two groups of people who do not get the appreciation they deserve. Doctors, 
do not get the appreciation they deserve. Nurses do not get the appreciation they deserve. Um, and a lot of times it's from your own self. So it, if you were a firefighter, you may say, yeah, I'm a firefighter, but whatever. <laughs> and so well, like, do, you know what I mean? But, th- but then he, he's like I said, he's in that circle and people are cheering for him. Right. You know, so and, he's, and they're yelling and I, I, does it cheapen the, f- I don't think they're making a statement is what I'm trying to say. I don't think they're making a statement trying to cheapen firefighters. I no. think they've created a character of a guy who is um, self-conscious or even with very low self-esteem because his whole thing is, I mean, when he shows up on this, on the, on TikTok or whatever he is, he's like, people are saying, where's your new costume? Your costume's terrible. You got a dumb costume. Where's your new costume? Well, here it is, you know? And it, I, I think they've created a character who honestly is, is a lot like a lot of people who read comic books and, and, and watch this kind of thing for the escapism because real life is, it's hard. People don't like me, yeah. you know, and, and I do all this work and, and no one cares. I'm a firefighter and no one cares, but over here they cheer for me. And provide sound effects. Which... And provide sound effects, which is very funny. And very yeah. true. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I will step down from this because it's just you're right. It, it's it's really just about about inserting the audience into a character. So, but I just kind of wish that they had put somebody else, you know, somebody with a different profession into that role. Well, here's what I want to know: Why is the LARP sticker? On the fire engine, like I, get, I get that they that the the same group of people use the same machines, you know. But, but is the whole by all crew? the logic that we've by all it's, the logic that we've had before, it's just to get Clint to the LARP. That's it, you're right. It absolutely yeah. is. It absolutely is. That's the only thing I can come up with. The LARP scene is fantastic and it's funny. It it's just. It's so shoehorned in there, at least right now, that you kind of have to just go with it. <laughs> and that's sad. Just got to say to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. Yeah. <laughs> but but we can't do that because we got to fill content for our show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, I guess there've been other scenes like this in movies about LARPing and stuff. And I, I have seen, um, oh, what is it? I think it's Knights of Badassdom or something like that. I, I don't remember where it's like, here's the LARP, but we're filming it as if it was a real thing. I'm reminded of the community episode with the Nerf gun war or whatever, um, yeah. which actually got the Russos. I think it's that episode that got the Russos the job on um, on Winter Soldier was because at of least just, definitely that was a good good feather in their cap. Yeah, that whole show is fantastic. I was watching oh, wonderful. something and they they said Beetlejuice three times over like two seasons, and then he shows up on the third one. <laughs> But that's in amazing. the background, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
just kind of walking by in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those shows that it's it's silly, and there are so many fine details like that. Um, uh, How I Met Your Mother is a lot like that, too. It's like every moment is, is planned out and strategized, and every small detail is there for a reason. Yeah, and neither of them ended very well. Mm. I don't hate the ending of How I Met Your Mother as bad as other people do, because I pretty much figured out why, what was going on from episode one. So. Yeah, just getting there. So what? Yeah. What else happens in this ep- in the last bit of this episode? I can't remember. Okay, so you check- larping, and he goes fights the guy, which we've talked about, and then from there, how does that go? They, he has the suit. He gets the suit. Oh yeah, and and then um, the tracksuit mafia comes because he's going to do the, the the catch and release. And he's going to let himself get caught to find out what they know and get them off of the, the scent for, for Kate or whatever. Unfortunately, his plan gets ruined because Kate comes to try to rescue him. <laughs> that scene and also falls, rem- falls through the skylight. And she obviously has not seen the first Avengers movie because the catch yeah. release plan is how we're introduced to Natalie in that movie. Exactly. Which is, it was the perfect scene for her because, you know, she's a spy and she gets caught. But the real plan is just to squeeze information from these guys and she takes them out and by herself within a minute. <laughs> and you Never get the in sen- any real danger. And you get the sense that Clint was going to do the same thing. Yeah. Like that was his whole plan. Cause yeah, he's, that was his plan. We forget, I th- well, maybe not we, but... Uh, I think people forget that he is also a spy. Like he yeah. is a super archer, sure, but he is also a spy. Yeah. And it, it yeah. She is not though. And when I say she, I mean Kate. Oh yeah, <laughs> not, no. Not Nat. She is not um, an international super spy. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. not Natalie. She I hate to say it, she leaps before she looks. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's quite not, literally. Yeah, that that's a little painful to say because of what happened to Natalie in the end. But so here's the thing: I this is why I say this is Act One of a three act movie, and it it's good that they put these two episodes together, and we're re- recording about the two episodes together because that's what we do when a pilot episode gets released with the second episode. But we are introduced to a villain we're introduced at least to an antagonist i don't know if she's actually going to end up being a villain but this is where there's a bad guy who is in a room and they come to her and say we've got him and she has some really dramatic music that's playing and very loud music yeah and that's it right we don't know who this person is? Well, we do because we've seen headlines on news articles about this stuff. So we do know who she is. But if you're just watching, you don't know who she is. Not yet because she's a new character. I'm gonna ask so should we hold off on talking about her until next episode? 
Yes. I think so, because we really don't know much about her uh, from the episode, I mean. But she is a comic book character, for sure. Okay. Um, one detail. We didn't talk about going to the aunt's apartment. Uh, and I did look up that the name Moira Brandon is Kate's aunt from the Marvel uh, comics. Another name on the buzzer list is Ob- uh, is not Obadiah Stane, just Stain, which is a reference to Obadiah Stane from the first Iron Man movie. What was that list from? The the doorbell buzzer for the aunt's apartment, oh. where she she pressed all the buttons and she's like, oh, pizza, yeah, and, yeah, and then she just mumbled until somebody buzzed her in. Uh yeah. By the way. Just to throw this out there, as much as she stumbles through things, she's smart. She's good. Yes. Like, she will be a good superhero. She's not yes. there yet, but she will be. You know, she reminds me of, of Tom Holland, of Peter Parker. Yeah. She just you know, needs because... some refining. She needs a mentor. She, she, needs, she needs someone a... to look up to and train her. She needs an empty Iron Man suit to follow her around. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not that. She needs a Hawkeye. She does. And I think she needs a Hawkeye to to kind of go, wait a second, you crazy person. <laughs> Stop screwing me up. She needs someone to tell her how to put those bandages on correctly so she can heal faster. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure that when they did a chemistry scene that they took that scene of them in the apartment where he's fixing that bandage for her. I'm sure they used that. And it, it works well. I I think they, they work great together. She's impulsive, and he's the old wise man who who wants to show her how to do the superhero thing correctly, and not... And she's Luke and not, Skywalker. Yeah, she's Luke Skywalker. And Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. Precisely. She's Ray, and he's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> can, can we move on now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's some things that I found that I didn't know just from my comic book knowledge. Um, but one thing that I wanted to look up and that I I didn't just want to. I did look up because it, it caught my eye is the poster in the ant's apartment. And that yes, is the creature. Yes, I was thinking about. Creature of the Dark Galaxy, and I'm I thinking, thinking, okay, about what you is that? When I saw that, what is that? What is that? I don't know what it is, so I look it up. Well, I still don't know, <laughs> but uh, one of the names on there, Luke Ballard, is a digital artist from Marvel Studios, and so I don't know why he got his name put on there. The other name is Moira Brandon or Brandon, uh, Moira Brandon, and, and so is, I don't know what that is from. But that's Kate's aunt. The one oh. who, that's the apartment that she, that's the aunt that. Kate's. So her, her aunt was a, a movie star. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, from my very quick Google, that's what I discovered. Okay. Because I put in All Moira right. Brandon Marvel and, and she has a page. So what I found out though, also while I was looking is that Grills, the LARPer, uh, is actually a character from the Hawkeye comic. Oh, okay. But he's not so a firefighter. We may see him again? I th- Well, I was wondering if we would see him again already. 
just because you know they have the whole meet cute thing you know but yeah um but we'll see we'll see okay it might be sort of like in galaxy quest when uh uh, Tim Allen meets that nerd in, uh, in the beginning, and then towards the end, he needs help from the nerd to get through the the gauntlet. <laughs> you are diminishing that entire wonderful plot line by calling it a nerd. And yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. But th- ooh, that's the best um, Star Trek movie. Yeah, it is not. It if, is not. If the nerd is the kettle, I am the pot, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware of this, okay? It is he's a... He's the fan. He's a fan. He, he's a very intelligent, well-versed fan. If Lower Decks was called Galaxy Quest, I'd be so much more accepting of it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Beyond that, um, we've I think we've talked about pretty much everything, every scene-ish. Uh, so I want to make sure we don't gloss over anything that you wanted to talk about. But yeah, this the, I yeah I, I throw it to you to see if there's any notes or anything that you've missed. I am good. I don't have anything either. I made all my wisecracks. <laughs> so first two episodes. If uh, I, I, we're not going to give it stars, let's give it arrows. How many arrows right. out of five do you give these these first two episodes? Combined or separate? I think we'll. Uh, well, if it if it deserves to be separate, then then do separate. But I'm going to steal your answer, Ben. I'm going to say a solid four. I mean, there was some stuff that wasn't great, but overall I enjoyed myself and I had a good time watching it. Even though I did watch the opening, uh, that, that, um, battle of New York scene like three times. <laughs> cause I, cause I kept <laughs> getting interrupted while watching it. Same here. Four out of five arrows. All right. And I, I, I would, I would go with that. I think I go with four out of five. Um, I think we've got a solid opening. I think it sets up the characters well. I don't feel like it sets up the stakes well. Right. Uh, we we don't know exactly what the stakes are yet. It's very low right now. It, basically, Hawkeye wants to protect Kate from being mistaken as as the Ronin, and there's a murder, you know. But I think that there's some bigger stuff going on. We just don't know it yet. And one of the things we haven't talked about was her relationship with her mom in dealing with um, Paul F. Tompkins uh, uh, as as her uh, new new dad to be. Oh, I just remembered something else that we haven't talked about. That mysterious conversation with the uncle that she ever yeah, hears, yeah. that Kate ever hears her mom and the fiance's uncle talking. Right before the auction. And and look, if we're talking about only murders in the building, where as you're watching it, you, you, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, who's the murderer? Who's the murderer? And they set up all these different possibilities, including a cameo that turned out to be much more than a cameo that I'm not going to say much more than that, because if you haven't seen it, it is 
wonderful. You you just have to see it to believe it. And then you're like, oh, they brought him back for another episode? Wow. But, is it a um, movie or a show? Only Murders in the Building is the yeah. show. Yeah. How many episodes? Oh, uh, eight, like nine, ten, something ten, like that. It's a long like episode. Eh, they're like 30 minutes long. Oh, yeah. okay. That's better. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting old. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, when um, that scene happens, I'm thinking to myself, okay, he got killed by a sword. Who are the characters we have already? We have Paul F. Tompkins, who is so interested in swords. And he stole a sword, but could mom have killed Armand the third with a sword to set up Paul F. Tompkins? I mean, I, there is nothing that's happened yet for the mom, for me to think that she's a murdering murderer who murders other than that mysterious conversation you were talking about, Samantha. And, and even that isn't a lot. Well, she's rich now, too. Oh, she was rich in the beginning. Yeah, when she killed Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Of all the things I've said, her killing Dad is probably the one that I'm most wrong about. But but when I'm right, people are going to be really impressed. <laughs> I'll be impressed, Ben. Please. Please I'm not be impressed, at you. Stuart. No, I just want to be a hero to someone. Okay. You know, okay. I, I, I just want someone to cheer for me. <laughs> but anyway, here I'll play. You oh, what's that that, that song? The... You can be my hero. <laughs> uh, I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's a the Chad song Kroger song. It's the at the end of the Spider-Man movie, and a hero. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, so we all just sang really horribly on this we episode. Need to, yeah. We need to wrap this up, I think. We need to wrap is what we need to do, because we can't sing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I can't rap either, so. I can't rap presents, and I can't rap lyrics. I can rap presents. I am quite, quite good at that, if I do say so myself, and I am. <laughs> And if you cannot, well, that's what gift bags are for. It's true. I'm not very good yeah. at that, though. I'm better at wrapping than I am at stuffing the tissue paper around. Because, like, how much tissue paper do you use? Yeah. And I always get yeah. the bigger bag than I should have. And ugh. Okay, so we've basically <laughs> almost gone as long as those two episodes uh, together. <laughs> so I think it is time to, to wrap it up. And so I've, I've mentioned this a few times over the episode and I want to say it again. Um, Patreon patrons. Oh, maybe I didn't mention it as much time as I thought I did because some of it would have been in the actual Patreon section of the show. Um, I just want to say thank you to you guys. We are recording on riverside.fm, which is a paid recording service, but it is wonderful for the way that we do podcasting. And so, um, part of the fee to pay for that was taken care of because I was able to use money from Patreon patrons. And so we just want to say thank you so much, Patreon patrons. If you would like to become a Patreon patron, bro, 
uh, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out. And if you do that, you will get to hear our episodes uncut with added conversation when a train goes by or um, at the beginning of the recording, at the end of the recording, things that get cut out. Don't get cut out for that. Um, and that's that's the one thing we can do as a as a just a bonus just to say thank you because we appreciate you supporting the show um but not only are you supporting the show you make the show better because we're able to do things like use this website and we just really appreciate it so i i want to say thank you so much to to our patreon patrons i know samantha usually it's you but i wanted to take the opportunity to go into a little more detail about just the way we're recording right now the microphone that i have right now uh actually the microphone that Stuart is using right now i think um, he's using it anyway, um, is a microphone that we were able to purchase with Patreon funds. And yeah, so we appreciate it. And I just want to say thank you so much. Do you want me to name them all individually now? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah. So we would like to thank Jeffrey, Tazzle, Blessed Cheesemaker, 084, Julie, and Andrew. Thank you all so very, very much. You guys, because of your contributions, I'm a happy, I'm a much happier editor <laughs> now that we can have three channels to edit instead of two where Stuart and I are talking over each other and you hear all the background noises and I can't edit it out because uh, I'm talking or Stuart's talking and it worked. Of, it worked. Yeah. It was fine. It was it was fine. It worked. This and we sound yeah. much more clear now too because of Riverside. I'm not saying that's better. <laughs> you get to hear my voice, you know, more clear. Okay, yeah, but um. Yeah. Uh, any other last words though from you, Stuart or Samantha? Uh, thank you all for listening, and it's good to be back on the show. And yeah, see ya, Samantha. Anything else? Um. Just thank you all so very much. Yeah. And I do want to throw this out there. There's a reason why we do the audio podcast and not the the video podcast that might be changing. We might be doing some video stuff. I don't know. I, I just know this, that the people would, when we would do video, they would look at me and they'd say, Ben, your costume looks pretty bad. Well, how about now? You see me? When you see me sneaking and creeping, it's too late. You already dead. It's ninja style. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling 17755-LEVEL7. That's 17755-553-8357. Or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7. The seven is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and Godspeed.
Okay, so I have uh, the names of people who contacted us on Facebook and also through emails. And I even included the names of people who have uh, contacted us through Patreon. And I am going to draw a name. But uh, Samantha Stewart, you want to tell uh, what we're drawing a name for? This is our Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi. So, Shang-Chi, um, who changed his name from Sean. Uh, when the movie came out, I found this uh, this action figure with him using his bow staff. And um, it's it's got a movable thing. And I thought that'd be a really cool thing to give away um, on the podcast. And so we sent it out there and we said, hey, you guys, um, you know, comment. Hey, you, know, you give us a- guys. Yeah, just like that. And I said, you know, send us your feedback and then we'll pick one of the names and draw it out. And so um, thank you. Thank you to everyone who sent out feedback and 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 I wish you all luck. All right. So this is in my Frankenstein mug that I have. I love this mug. I would have used a Marvel mug, but I'm not in my kitchen to get the Marvel mug. And I'm going to pull out one of the names here. And it is Agent Jared. Agent Jared. You Rock uh, on, Agent yay. Jared. So if you hear this before I contact you, you were one of our Facebook people that contacted us. So if I hear from you before, uh, please send me your, your address and I will send that on to mm-hmm. Stuart. If not, um, I'm actually... I don't know. What's better? Would it be better to find out on the podcast that you want, or would it be better for me to send a message before the podcast comes out? I think we should wait. Mm. Jared, uh, we will wait. Wait until we publish, and then yeah. maybe wait I'm going to wait hours? until a couple days after we publish, uh, and then, yeah, this isn't the kind of thing, Jared. Jared, if you... If you haven't heard this, and we're not going to move out, uh, you know, move on without you. Um, so if uh, I want you to hear this, but I'm going to wait a few days after we publish the episode before I contact you. But this is not the kind of thing where if you don't, if you're not present, you don't win. You know, we're not going to do that. So no, yeah. Agent Jared, you won. I hope you listen you to the episode soon. Even if you never listen to the podcast again. <laughs> from the day that you sent in that message, you still won. Um, but I think it'd be more exciting to, to hear it on the podcast than to, uh, be told on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. This is fantastic. This is, this is so us. (laughs) I will remind you, Ben, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, so uh, next episode is actually going to be uh, the penultimate episode of What If. We're, we are going to publish that episode between these episodes of Hawkeye. And then the episode after that will be episode three of Hawkeye. And then the episode after that will be the finale of What If. And after that, in the mix, we also have Spider-Man coming up, which is December 16th. I already have my tickets. Do you guys have your tickets? No, not yet. But my at for the theater company where I have the subscription, they are sending me push notifications about every three hours. I'm surprised I didn't get one during the recording of this episode. They want me to buy those tickets, but um, unfortunately with my subscription, I cannot buy them until the day of. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, my theater won't sell out, so it's fine. <laughs> my theater almost did. I was amazed to see. I bought them the day they came out, but it was in the evening. I should have done it in the morning. The seven o'clock show for the 16th, not, I, I would say 95% sold out. And the three o'clock show, over 50% of the theater, maybe even closer to 75%. I was able to get five seats together for me and my four oldest, but that's all I was able to get. And I was shocked and amazed. And so we're going to the three o'clock in the afternoon show, which I, I actually, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. And I might walk down on Friday night down to the local theater here in town. Uh, but my kids never want to go to that theater again. So <laughs> they, they yeah, went and saw Shang-Chi there and they were good. They, they, I, my one daughter said, yeah, I was glad to see the inside. I don't need to go there ever again. <laughs> I, I didn't have the heart to tell her that. Yeah, you'll be going again because um, I'm not taking to every movie in the theater that's half hour away. But yeah, I can't. This is a three o'clock tickets. show. It's five bucks a ticket. I can't even buy tickets at my theater for it. <laughs> Can we also talk about the news that dropped yesterday about the Spider-Man franchise? They're going to make more Spider-Man movies. Shocking with Tom Holland. Well, Shocking. I don't know. They're they're. They're they're at least making a fourth with Tom Holland, but I wouldn't be surprised if movie five and six that they're talking about are actually like Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker. I think we might be seeing a passing of the torch because Tom Holland's not going to want to do it forever, but maybe oh, he will. No, this article said that he's willing to do it. Okay. The article I sent to you said that he was willing to keep going. Well, I didn't read it. <laughs> I did, and I, it was a producer that said that he's going to be on for three more episodes after No Way Home. Or, um, not episodes, three more movies yeah. after No Way Home. So he's he's in it to win it. The big news is to me is this is still going to be a relationship between Sony and Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, they're still making the movies together. Um, what happens with Venom? What happens with Morbius? What happens with... The Sony alone stuff, who knows? What does that mean? We don't know. But Tom Holland, Spider-Man, is an MCU character. But I, I still, I think that we're going to see a passing of the torch. Because that's what phase four is. is <laughs> it's passing every the torch. Sing, every single thing we've seen is a passing of the torch in phase four. Well... Another thing they mentioned in this article was that in the uh, previous stages, Tony Stark was sort of the lead Avenger in, in some aspects, or he was like the lead end character into the greater MCU. Yeah, he was the face of the MCU. Yeah. And now that face is Tom Holland as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. So that's why they want to keep him on for another three movies. And what an awkward thing for disney like they're <laughs> the most recognizable <laughs> character that that marvel and the mcu has right now is not contractually with disney it's with sony well you know what i i realize that they own half of hollywood now but they cannot own all the toys in the toy box man 
Yeah, but they disagree with you. Pal. But they, the the funny thing is, they do own Spider Man, but he was rented out a long time ago because they needed to make the rent, and and so now they're stuck, like the they're stuck in a relationship that they can't get out of. Basically, Disney needs to charge them some late fees and just get on with it. <laughs> Okay, so we just hit the two-hour mark. Yeah. So for Patreon, they're going to get the full two hours. Other people won't, but we do need to stop. It's time for bed. So, Samantha, Stuart, thank you so much for joining me, hanging out. Appreciate it. Always. Glad to be back. Glad to let's watch more Hawkeye. When it it drops on Wednesday nights, right? Yeah, it drops tomorrow. Tomorrow morning you can watch it. In like, or just stay up really late, and you can probably see it in about four or five hours. No, it's not yeah, that's that's the thing that kills me about Wednesday release date is Wednesday is the day when I go into work around eight or nine, and then I'm at work all day until eight or nine, and it stinks because I know that on my device it's just waiting for me. Good night. And it'll be waiting for you when you get home, and it'll be waiting for you on Thursday. It'll be okay, Ben. Eh, I know, I know. All right. Later, guys. Later. Good night.